I would like to welcome Professor Benjamin Best from the Gustave Roussy Cancer Institute, France, here in Madrid at the European Society of Medical Oncology 2023 meeting. And you are an expert in the field of lung cancer and we would like to ask your opinion about things. At first I would like to ask you about the studies, what you discussed in the presidential session. Thank you for inviting me. Mm, the study I discuss are in the field of what we call personalized therapy. You know that we have been the witness of a revolution in lung cancer in uh, 200, uh, which is targeted therapies. So since there, we started with EGFR and then ALK and then ROS1, and we expand in the number of targets and in the number of drugs. The ESMO recommendations were updated at the beginning of the year, and we have now 10 targets to screen, and we have 26 drugs for this target. It's for a Western population, 50% of the patients that will have a lung cancer with at least one target. So it's really something we have in mind when we see a patient with a metastatic non-spontane lung cancer, it's mandatory to screen all these targets. At ESMO, a specific highlight was done on two quite rare uh, 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 abnormality, molecular abnormality. The first one is the RET rearrangement. It's 1.7% of the patients with lung cancer, non-squamous, and mostly light or never smoker. In these patients, selpercatinib, a specific RET inhibitor, was compared to a chemotherapy. The trial was highly positive. The PFS with selpercatinib was 22 months versus uh, 24 months, sorry, versus uh, 11 months for chemo or chemoimmunotherapy because the choice was free. It's a lot. And one can wonder if this type of trial is really needed because we knew the drug was so active and much more active than chemotherapy. But some regulators like EMEA and some payers in the country ask for this randomized data so that now selpercatinib will be probably available in most of the country and refunded. The second rare alteration I have covered is EGFR, and within EGFR, the common mutations are exon 19 and exon 21. But there is one alteration on exon 20 that is very uh, hard to treat EGFR mutation. The classical TKIs, such as ozimertinib, doesn't work uh, so well there. So companies have developed specific drugs for this alteration, and one of the drugs is amivantamab, which is a B-specific antibody against EGFR and MET. Amivantamab was combined to a chemotherapy as a first-line treatment, and it increased the PFS over chemotherapy alone. It's six months benefit, so it's really significant, and also you have a neuroprotective effect probably. So again, it establishes a new standard of care in first line in this uh, rare population, and it highlights the need really to screen this molecular alteration in all the patients. 
It's a revolution that started almost 20 years ago, but it's still ongoing. And for example, Keras mutation, which is something that is very frequent in lung cancer, roughly 30% of the non-squamous cell lung cancer. Keras is something we could not drug at one point, and then we discovered the G12C inhibitors. And some good news also happened here because other Keras mutations seems to be druggable, so uh, we will have maybe in our hands in the coming years additional Keras inhibitors and we will cover more Keras mutations. So this revolution is in progress and keep this in mind, screen your patients for molecular alteration. Another great uh, new way of therapy in the last few years emerged, the antibody drug conjugate. What are, do we have to know about them and how what we learned here in the Congress? Antibody drug conjugates, it's a new way to deliver the chemotherapy to the patients. Is it a real revolution? It's too soon to know, but it's a chemotherapy that you can address in the tumor cells, maybe more specifically. An ADC is something that is very difficult to generate because you have one antibody the antibody is thought to recognize a target on the tumor cell, so the antibody must be specific. But here the antibody is used as a car for passenger. It's just something that will bring the chemotherapy to the cell. And the chemotherapy is called the payload. This is usually how you hear it. The payload is, the payload is just a chemo, usually an old chemo, highly toxic, not developed because too toxic, but with this new way to deliver chemo, we could reuse this drug. And between the antibody and the drug, you have a linker that is also very important in the way you deliver the chemotherapy. So ADCs have been developed since 20 years, but now we have very potent drug. And each time you look at an ADC, what is the target? And what is the ratio of the payload, the chemo, and, and uh, how many molecules of chemo are on the, the, <coughs> the, the, the antibody. It's what we call the drug-antibody ratio, DAR. This is something you will see in all the description of the ADCs. So there are two main families of ADCs today. Either you can go agnostic, meaning you use an ADC, like you use the Cetaxel, for example, meaning that you will give the ADC without looking for a target because we assume the target is there very frequently. This is the case of the TROP2 ADC, something we hear a lot, and we have seen the results of the datopotamab durexticum, which is a TROP2 uh, uh, ADC. Uh, the payload is a TOPO1 inhibitor, and it has been compared post-chemoimmunotherapy uh, to docetaxel uh, in, in these patients that had a disease progression post-chemoimmunotherapy. It's really an unmet need today in lung cancer. And what has been shown is that overall the trial is positive for progression-free survival, but the hazard ratio is 0.75, and the curves are not that convincing. The issue is that they have enrolled squamous and non-squamous population. In the squamous, docetaxel performs better than the drug. In the non-squamous, there is a benefit for datopotamab can. But would it be sufficient to have an approval and the drug to be refunded? It's too soon to say. The second big family is the antibody where you have to be sure that the target is on the tumor cells. 
target can be CMET or CEA CAM5. So there are phase three studies ongoing, again, post-chemoimmunotherapy versus docetaxel, but before enrolling the patients, you pre-screen them, like we do when we search EGFR mutation or ALK rearrangement, you have to look at the target. So it's a very simple immunohistochemistry, and you just be sure that you have a high expression of your target, and if you have that, you can enroll. So you have diagnostic ADCs and the ADCs where you need the target. So let's say it would be biomarker inform ADC. Two big family to follow. As a well-known expert in the field of lung cancer, what interesting news did you see here? What else at the S4523 Congress? So I think that one of the big change uh, I said there was you know, the, 20 years ago, there was the uh, targeted therapy revolution. And 10 years ago, we had the uh, immunotherapy revolution. Immunotherapy is there now for any advanced lung cancer, but also for locally advanced, after chemorad. And the question was really around the early stages that you can reject. So before, after surgery, is immunotherapy really uh, 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 an interesting compound? And the results and the, the response is now really yes. At ESMO this year, we had again studies that show that induction chemoimmunotherapy before surgery increased the event-free survival, and it's quite powerful. The hazard ratio is usually 0.6, which means that really you have a benefit to do that. One of the studies has also shown benefit in terms of overall survival. For the five other studies, it's a bit too soon to be sure that we have the OS benefit, but it's very likely. So I would say that one of, uh, let's say, the big topic of this ESMO in lung is really to reinforce that in stage two and stage three, resectable non-small cell lung cancer, induction chemoimmunotherapy is probably a standard of care. Thank you very much for the conversation. Thank you. Thank you. Well, it was fantastic.